Welcome to What's Up Ely, a podcast that celebrates the spirit of Ely, Minnesota. My name is Lacey, and I invite you to join me in conversations with my neighbors as we discuss what's up in our special little town. Whether you live in the Ely area or you're planning ahead for a future visit, we're here to help you learn all that Ely has to offer. This podcast is brought to you by the Ely Tourism Bureau. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at visitelymn or find us online at ely.org. This time around, I have the pleasure of speaking with my friends and neighbors, Todd Kriego and Tim Barton. Todd will tell us about two long-standing and beloved Ely institutions, Ely's Historic State Theater and Ely's Steam Sauna. Then Timmy B is back to chat about winter recreation and Ely's Winter Festival. And of course, we'll do an upcoming event roundup, so be sure to have your calendars and your writing utensils at the ready. Let's get to it, shall we? Todd Kriego is the manager of Ely's Historic State Theater and is also on staff at the Ely Steam Sauna. Todd is also the person behind Ely Area Television. Hi, Todd. It's so great to have you with us. Hey, great to be here. Thank you. So you are here to tell listeners about the theater mostly, but while we're, I mean, while we have you, let's not miss the opportunity to talk about the steam sauna. I might know a thing or two about that place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But can you start just by telling listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, like you said, Todd Kriego, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> sorry. I, what, what do you, well, here's, let me tell listeners a fun fact I know about you. Let me, let me, how many movies now? I feel like when we talked, we had a meal recently and at the time you had seen, what was it? As of seeing Wonka, you had been to 185 movies at the State Theater. Yeah, so I've got to be getting close to 190 now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just just got done seeing School of Rock a couple days ago. So Amazing. <laughs> lots, of, lots of great movies over there at Ely's Historic State Theater. Oh yeah, lots of great movies. <laughs> so have you always been someone who's like really interested in film? Uh. Yes and no. Um, I've always been very interested in, in media in general. Mm-hmm. And then kind of throughout college, just kind of, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm going to make my minor film. That sounds interesting. And then sure enough, it actually super was really interesting. Got to take like a bunch of really interesting courses, like a, uh, like an intro to cult cinema, intro to horror cinema, uh, and then, you know, got to see a lot of the classics through just doing that, uh, going that way. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, you just happen to be living and thriving in Ely during the time of the resurrection of Ely's historic state theater. It, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny cause all of this was happening and, you know, I was like, you know, this would be really cool. This will be a really cool resource, but you know, it was kind of one of those things uh, where it's like, you know, what what will this, you know, actually wind up being? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's so funny because in, in my wildest imaginations, like, I couldn't have imagined what I saw when I went in for the initial open house on that uh, Thanksgiving, I believe, 2019. Yep. And so, like, you know, you, you saw all the renovation and everything. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so much different than what I was expecting in my head. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and I was just blown away, blown away by it from the first place. And, and so, you know, I just started seeing the movies. I started kind of just keeping track on my Facebook page, just on what number film I was seeing, just so I can kind of keep it straight in my own head. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now I'm getting uh, ever closer to the 200. <laughs> 
that's really amazing. And like, what a, you're supporting, you know, even aside setting, taking off your manager hat, right. Which you haven't always worn. You've always been a major supporter of the state theater. So how fitting that you would now be able to serve it as the manager. Yeah. And it's, and it's great because, you know, I've got a fantastic staff. I love the guys. I love Elizabeth. They're such, they make it so worthwhile to be there every day. It is so much fun to work with all of those people. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I really like working with my guys. I'm really excited. Uh, it sounds like Elizabeth might be coming back this, this summer. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going to kind of still, still be a uh, whole for our, our, our team as it is now for at mm-hmm. least one more year. So that'll be really great. Yeah. I think like for listeners who don't, you know, maybe you don't live here, maybe you live here and you haven't met the staff yet, but I encourage you like come to the theater, get, tickets to $5 tickets to a movie. And while you're buying your concessions, which is how the state theater makes money. So please do buy concessions, you know, chat with Philip, James, Elizabeth, and Todd, because they're part of the state theater experience because they are so dedicated to the facility and just like the service that a f- movie theater provides. Cause y'all like genuinely love movies. Yeah, we, we really do. And And actually kind of going back to it, that's one of the reasons why it's so important to us to have the $5 ticket because kind of the love for it is so strong. You know, you go to any other theater, you go to the one in in Mount Iron, you go to the one in or one of the many in Duluth or uh, Cloquet, Hibbing, et cetera, et cetera. You know, each ticket's going to be 13 to $15 a piece. Each like little piece of candy that you get is going to be probably five or six dollars a piece. Mm -hmm. And so we're really trying to make it to where it's an affordable way for you to be able to kind of, you know, you can either come yourself or you can bring your entire family. Mm -hmm. And it's still an affordable way for you to have an entertaining night out with everybody. Yeah. Something that everybody can afford. It's something that's reasonable for everybody. And I would say, I mean, I know that you offer matinees, but let's put emphasis on night out, right? Because as someone who lives in town and interacts with other people, sometimes the feedback is, oh, I wish there were more places for us to be at night. That's maybe not a bar Mm -hmm. and the bars are there. And that's a great scene for people who are looking for that. But if you're not looking for that scene, the theater is an affordable, very cool space that has a really neat story to tell. Well, and it's also really interesting, too, because we do, you know, well, obviously the vast majority of the people that come in are there, you know, to come see the movie and get their concessions, do all of that. Sometimes what we really see is there are people who will just walk in and be like, hey, can I just get like a popcorn for the road? Or, hey, can I get a hot buttered rum and, you know, uh, I'll go drink it over in kind of that alcove area. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will just kind of do that and then they'll just kind of hang out in the entryway or, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll be waiting for a table at one of the local restaurants and they'll come over just to kind of hang out there. You know, we've got our little chessboard, And so like uh, before and after the movies, we'll pretty much always see a couple people on that chessboard just kind of going at it. And it's kind of nice to see that we've kind of we are definitely known for our movies but people are also sticking around for just to enjoy the ambiance of the theater. Mm-hmm. Which is such an ambiance, right? A, a historic theater that was operating for decades that fell into disrepair out of kind of a confluence of circumstances that then now has been fully renovated with all of the like modern technology and, and creature comforts, but the aesthetic of a vintage place. Well, and it's, and it's so funny too, because the one story that I feel 
I hear from so many people that walk in, they go, you know, I was here back in the early 2000s or I was here in the 90s. And, you know, you had to watch where you were sitting, because if you're sitting in the wrong seat in the state theater, you know, you're either going to get like water dripped on you from melting snow or rain or portions (laughs) of the ceiling are like kind of starting to like fall down and onto like the seats. So you had to know which seats to avoid. And so every, you know, I get all, you know, we hear all these things from, uh, from the people that come to to town and stuff and haven't Mm -hmm. been there since we've reopened and they're just like, this is an amazing facility, which Mm -hmm. it really is. They, they spent so much work getting that back up to its old former glory kind of, and then some Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars invested into the community through the theater, which now has become a place where, I mean, of course the film festival is there. Hundreds of people come to experience that, but There's also just the opening of the Taylor Swift movie. Oh my gosh. I went to that with my friends and all the other um, children of the town, apparently, I think. I mean, I think every kid in town was there, it seemed. And it was so much fun. I I will personally never forget. It was the opening night for the Barbie movie. And there was a literal line of people around the block waiting to get in. And we had to pause the movie for, I think, an extra 30 minutes. It it started 30 minutes late because there were so many people trying to get in. Wow. And we just, you know, we didn't want to disappoint anybody. And, you know, it it, it, I believe that one was so close to a sellout because that state theater, uh, Mm -hmm. it's got 230. 34 seats in it and so and then that one there was a near sellout which was amazing well and that's i mean what i also love about the theater is that it's not i mean how to say this in a good way like that's not usually the case right like it's a it's a big theater and like normally unlike lots of places in the metro right normally you can just zoop right in after you get your popcorn and your hot buttered rum, which I believe I've mentioned before is of course my favorite beverage in town in the winter time. You guys seriously do such a great job with that. (laughs) Um, no, like what circling back to that, like best kept secret, like hottest tip is like, go to the theater for happy hour. Why don't you? Or like, yeah, put your name in at the restaurant in the busy summertime and then go get some popcorn to tide yourself over. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and a lot of that is, again, what, what we are seeing now is that, you know, it it's becoming more of like just this local kind of just space for people. Mm-hmm. You know, we recently kind of had a board retreat and there was a phrase that was said that has really stuck with me. It is mm-hmm. a place for people to be. Yeah. Which is something I think, you know, we, we do have those places here, but it's becoming kind of less and less. And like you said, it's it's becoming less and less of there's there's less and less places to be at night that aren't just, you know, kind of the bar scenes. Mm-hmm. And so we're very happy that we can kind of provide that even, you know, we're not open super late at night. You know, our our, our doors are pretty much open till about eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. But mm-hmm. but, you know, it's it's still nice that there is something because let's be real for a lot of, for a lot of Eliites, that's late. Yeah. <laughs> that's about bedtime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ely is, uh, Ely is, um, a party town. If your version of a party is, a a winter bonfire or, you know, like, I don't know, we're not, we're maybe not like a late night town, <laughs> <laughs> but if someone wants to build that, certainly, I mean, I'll be there. If someone wants to create a dance club, I will go. 
I want that to be known. I also want it to be known that I, although I have no formal relationship whatsoever with Ely's Historic State Theater, I think someone should donate the funds to start an arcade there. That would be really fun. I'm literally not in charge of making that decision. But if anyone out there has lots of money and you're wondering what to do with it, I think we could keep the doors a little bit open, open a little bit longer if there was an arcade. I don't know. You know, I, I remember way back in the day when there was, let's just say different management around one of the ideas that was thrown around was uh like uh have you have you guys ever heard of duck pin bowling yes like uh the, they were like what if what if we got that in here but they're just there's not really that perfect space for it but it, yeah. that would be so much fun if we could do that but we also wouldn't want to get in the way of any potential plans for any other businesses, let's just say, that might be uh, reopening. Well, who knows, though, what's going on with that. And actually, listeners, please stay tuned because the next episode, we're actually going to feature a local reporter who's been reporting on the Ely Beat and what's going on with such uh, institutions as the former bowling alley and others. So we'll just leave it there. Um but okay, we talked about, okay, the theater is a place to hang out. You have $5 movie tickets. You have a wide variety of beverages mm -hmm. and candy yeah, and delicious popcorn. You also have been kind of experimenting with unique events, right? So like the Taylor Swift movie came and you have some UFC fights and you have an anime series coming up. Yeah, so we've been trying to kind of especially this time of year where, you know, it there, cause for us, there definitely is a, when you hear that there is like the movie season, that is very real. And mm. I've gotten to see that kind of up close this year where it's basically from uh, Memorial day to labor day. And then from Thanksgiving to new year's, mm -hmm. those are the times that people really do go to the movies the most. Mm -hmm. And so I figure, you know, right now we're kind of in, <clears throat> excuse me, we're kind of in January. And if anybody really follows like how movies release, I don't know if anybody's a big nerd like that, like, like me, where I was following all of this and like the weekly box office way before I was ever offered this position. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if anybody out there's a nerd like that, like I am, but, uh, typically January is kind of the, the slower time for new movies. Plus, you know, we're coming out of the writer strike, the SAG after strike. So the new movies this year are kind of going to be a bit uh slower coming yeah so it, it, it's kind of which makes it a little hard because you know we only only had the one year so far where it hasn't really the new movies haven't been affected right because we had you know 2020 and 2021 which were like kind of the covid years 2022 which just had a consistent stream of new movies and then between uh this past year and now this year 2024 yep with the with the strikes so it's just a uh, tough and, break for a new institution, huh? Well, <clears throat> it's uh, it, it's very much a you can look at it two ways. You know, you can go, oh, no, there's no new movies. Or you can also go, all right, well, what can we do? What can we try? Mm -hmm. What can we what can we do just to see? Will this be popular? And that's where, you know, we started working up some relationships with some of the lo or, or not local distributors. Uh, we started working up some relationships with some other distributors outside mm -hmm. of the big ones like Warner Brothers and Disney and Paramount, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we kind of partnered up with both Fathom Events and Iconic Releasings and uh, Iconic. They do the uh, like you said, the UFC fights uh, once a month. 
And uh, so that's like on uh, a Saturday night. The tickets One are nine only. Yeah, and that's just it. The tickets are twenty five bucks, so it does. It is cheaper than getting it on pay per view, mm-hmm. and plus, it's really cool getting to see it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things I had never really watched UFC until we had gotten it, and I didn't really expect to get super into it. And then I started watching, it and I'm like, "Wow, this is kind of <laughs> this is kind of intense. This is kind of awesome." Um, and then you know. Uh, between them and Fathom, they yeah. also kind of had a couple of anime films kind of coming out over the course of one week. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to find out that we could get each one for kind of one day, mm-hmm. which I think is about the length that something like that would be able to hold for. Yep. You know, because and plus, like, this is kind of just gauging the temperature, mm-hmm. kind of seeing would people be interested in this? You know, are people interested in seeing some of these like older films that we don't really have a way to book? Um, or these special event films, you know, we just did the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, uh, which was a special releasing. And so it's all about just kind of trying things out, seeing what people are into. Yep. And, uh, the other thing too, is now we have on our website, we actually have a a page where people can now make requests for the movies that they want to see in the theater. And so, so that, that page is kind of right just on our website and then you just click like the movie suggestions and then request to send you straight to a Google form. Um, and it's, it's really interesting to see the requests that people are looking for. Cause sometimes it's not really what I'd be expecting. Right. But it's like something, it's something that, you know, I originally wouldn't have thought would want, would, would be able to come to Ely, but right. you see that there is the support there for it. Like uh, one of the ones I've been seeing recently is the boy and the heron, the new Hayao Miyazaki film mm, mm-hmm. from studio Ghibli um, that. And then um, funny enough, some people have been asking for Godzilla minus zero, which is the brand new Godzilla film just straight out of Japan. It's like mm-hmm. in Japanese with the subtitles at which, you know, I was I wouldn't have expected, you know, we've tried a couple of films with the subtitles. Sometimes they do okay, sometimes mm-hmm. they they don't. Mm-hmm. Um but it's one of those things, you know, if people are interested uh in whatever film it happens to be, whether it's that or, you know, we've gotten some requests um, you know, we've gotten all sorts of different kind of requests and and that's why it's really interesting just to kind of have that form now and see what is it that the people want to see too. Right. Cause I've heard you say that. And I, you know, I spent some time with the staff last weekend and it was like, that's the question is like, you have this constant puzzle. You have two theaters, you have a slow season and a busy season, let's say, you know, like, how do you fit those pieces together? Like with the brand new movies, the blockbusters, the niche films, the different genres, the old classics, like how do you fit those pieces of the puzzle together? And one thing you don't know is what the people want. Like, how do you know what the audience is interested? So listeners, please, 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 please go to elystatetheater.org and check out that movie suggestions tab and let the staff know what you're interested in. And I want to pivot to the sauna, but before I do, I also just happen to have spent some time with the state theater board. And I know for a fact that there are still some, there are plaques since the renovation, each seat has a plaque next to it. And for the small price of $400, you can have your name or your message or the name of a loved one. Iconograph, uh, made into 
a memorial memorialized what's the word i'm looking for you can get a seat plaque i like memorialized yeah. <laughs> i can go with that thanks brett <laughs> it's like you know the marquee right at the marquee you mm-hmm. can pay i think is it like 75 dollar donation to the theater and get a message up there for someone's birthday or an anniversary or welcoming a guest that's coming to town but that's up for one day only correct but the seat plaque will be there forever as, you know, as close to forever as we can realistically see out. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. So if that's something you're interested in, folks, I mean, I highly encourage you to pursue it. And you can check out on the bottom of the State Theater website, there's a donate tab. Um, or at the on the homepage, there's a banner that scrolls across. And there's one that's called Save Your Seat. And so that's how you can learn more about the plaques. So let's pivot to the sauna. All right. We don't have much time. Okay. Tell us about Ely's Steam Sauna. All right. So, uh, yeah, uh, Ely's Steam Sauna was opened in uh, 1915. Uh, it kind of went through the Ahula family from 1915 all the way through until uh, Slim passed away, which I believe was in 2000 and somewhere between 2001 and 2004, which is when the Petrozelkas, uh, the current owners, kind of... Uh, they bought it and took it over and they've had it ever since. Um, I've been, I, I've been working there just shy of 10 years now off off and on, like, you know, minus of course the COVID time when it wasn't allowed to be open, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it, it is, uh, in my opinion, it is kind of another real institution of this town. It's something that you just don't see anymore that kind of the public sauna. So basically the whole way that it's run, we've got the two boilers down there, which run kind of on this, uh, this water system. So it just, it creates the steam through the boilers and then that goes and it heats up the three privates. And then there's the public men's and the public women's. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of, uh, it's a steam release. So basically there's like a chain and you pull the chain and then like the radiators in the sauna will release the steam, uh, therefore making you sweat. Wow. Yeah. And it's an institution that's almost 110 years old. Yep. And it's like a public bathhouse. Well, it, the thing is about this is this was the way that all the the miners and the loggers back in the day, this was like this was the way that the whole families had bath night way back when because you know, back then there wasn't really running water. So they'd have the sauna, which I believe was run somehow with this kind of open fire system. I'm not really sure how it was run in in the way early days. Yeah. But, uh, and then this was back kind of when white street and Patterson back on that side were more of the, it was more of like kind of a Crick back there, very kind of a damp swamp area. So like they'd kind of use that water for like the sauna and to kind of, and clean it up and wash up with, uh, since there wasn't actual running water, they'd sweat and then use the local water to, to clean up with. That is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I remember moving to Ely and just like people referring to like, you know, like they use sauna as their shower, as their bathing process. You know, and I was just like, you can't see my face, but I'm like, I have like a real like, huh? Well, no, that's expression. That, that is, that is a very real thing that still happens now. Cause there are still so many people that are, you know, out on the echo or somewhere else outside of town where they don't have running water. And so, you know, to come get clean, they, they do come into town and they hit, they hit up the sauna there, uh, you know, cause it, you know, it used to be open 
you know, kind of several days a week. Yep. And then basically when I, when I started there, it was just Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yep. And we've now added in Friday since we've reopened since COVID. Woot, woot. So that's, that's at least the nice thing now. There's like the three days and then there's the three private saunas, like I was saying before. Yep. Uh, which each of those has its own dressing room. And then you kind of go inside. You'll see like the radiator and the benches. You pull the chain to make the steam happen is what I tell all the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a shower in there for washing up at the end and... And how does it like culturally work in the public rooms, right? People are naked because they can be because it's a bathhouse. Yeah. Or they're not because they don't uh, have to be because they the, can do what they want. The terminology I always use, steamer's digression. Steamer's digression. Steamer's digression on mm-hmm. what they wear. Some people, especially like the old guys that have been at it for, you know, 50, 60 years. You know, I've got one I know for sure who... He's like, yeah, I've been coming here since I was six years old. Oh, my gosh. You know, I used to come with my grandpa and now I bring my grandkids. Yeah. And uh, and and, you know, let's just say they're not shy at all. (laughs) (laughs) But then there are some people who they're like, I'm not cool with that. I'm going to wear my shorts. And yeah, no, you do you. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not like, you know, you're going to get shame or ridicule for for being comfortable yeah (laughs) that's awesome like what a long-standing ely institution that really provides a needed service and a very well beloved cultural activity yeah i mean i mean uh i mean sauna is so like you said cultural to this area i mean there's uh, is it I believe it's embarrassed has like a sauna festival every year, isn't it? You know, just, just a handful of miles down the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I have, I have a um, limited experience with the Elise James sauna, but the experience I've had, I have loved. And so actually Eric and I were just saying like, we commit, like we are going soon. And especially now the temperatures are so cold and there's nothing that is better than just immersing yourself in that, the heat of a, of a sauna. Yeah. Sweating it out. It's very cathartic. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm a, I'm a two to three time a week guy. Like I try to go every chance that I can. And you know, this time of year it is, it is great. Cause you've got like kind of, you know, your, your walker drive home mm-hmm. to cool off. But man, I got to tell you, even in the summertime, it's still great to just have that. Cause even though, you know, you've got the, you, you might be sweating from the, from the heat, the humidity mm-hmm. of, of the area. Mm-hmm. There just isn't the thing that I always say is there's no clean like a sauna clean. Mm. Like once you've kind of sweat through all your pores that much, like you just feel like a million bucks. You cleanse your soul. Yeah. Speaking of soul, soul's playing at Ely's Historic State Theater. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Todd, so much for being here with us today. We look forward to having you back sometime. Thank you guys. Tim Barton is an outfitting manager at Paragus Northwoods Company, and he specializes in winter outfitting. Hello, Tim. Lacey, it's so great to be here. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks for the invite. You're welcome. It's been a little over a year. Yeah, I had a whole year to prepare for this. You did. Yeah, I did. You were on the pilot episode of the What's Up Ely podcast. Yep, that's probably very clear by listening to it. <laughs> the sound quality in here is so much better. <laughs> 
<laughs> we have learned a lot. We've grown a lot, um, but we're really proud of our pilot episode, oh, yeah. and we're proud that you were on it. I mean, me too. I, I honestly feel honored. And, you know, I think it was high time we had you back. There's plenty of demand. One of our most dedicated listeners and most outspoken fans of the What's Up Bailey podcast, Hudson oh, Kingston, yeah. is basically constantly <laughs> asking me when Timmy B is going to come back. I've been cornered. I've been cornered. <laughs> uh, people have been clamoring, obviously, obviously, for whatever reason. But I just like the word clamoring. So it's I throw it in word. whenever I get a chance. Hey, speaking of clamoring, um, I re-listened to the pilot episode oh, um, once I knew you were coming back. And at the time, there were 17,000 people in the What's Up Ely Facebook group. Wow. Guess how many are in the Facebook group now? I mean, I thought that was impressive then. Um, I don't want to overshoot it. 21,000. Er, Did I overshoot it? No. What? Okay. All right. Well, see, I thought that was like, all right, 24,000. Er, no way. I overshot way. it. No. No, you're kidding. 27,000. Okay, now you've gone too far. Come on. <laughs> 27,001. <laughs> it's 25,019 people. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't wow. that wild? Yeah. Where are they living? I don't know where yeah, they live. Are they spread out? Or? I know. Like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think about, like, using all of this authority I have as an employee of the Tourism Bureau for the podcast. Yeah. Which is me winking because it's yes, no, I, I, I just I'm very intimidated. Yes, but, um, <laughs> why do you think I wanna, I'm here right now? I want to survey the crowd. You know, I just want to like ask, do straight up do a Facebook poll, like why are you here? Like in a welcoming way, like what brings you here? Hello, everyone. Like what brings you here? I think that'd be a great idea. You do that. You get a lot of engagement. You get a lot of folks who maybe don't answer all the time who mm -hmm. would answer. Um, you know, I get a lot of calls from folks who have either just visited during the summer or they're just coming up for the winter or for whatever reason, 4th of July, you know, mm -hmm. obviously there's many reasons to come, but they've joined it because they want to know about local events and talk about local issues and that kind of stuff. And they're interested, but they continue to follow it and they'll still bring it up mm -hmm. from time to time. So why not give right. them a reason to start talking about us again? Right. Well, and just like, honestly, like, what does this community mean to you, this tool? Because in, when we talked in episode one, which aired on January 11th, 2023. So listeners, if you haven't listened, go back and find that episode and give it a, give it a listen. Um, but I was saying like, oh, I, I almost got rid of Facebook when I first <laughs> yeah. moved to town. But now, now it's like a really vital tool that I, I really appreciate a lot. Sure. No, I, I actually find it to be great. I mean, I've bought several knickknacks off of local things. Not always what's up Ely, but yeah. I've, you know, there's yeah. the Facebook can be good for that. Um, if I ever hear a siren, that's always <laughs> helpful to go online and find out why. What's this? Um, yeah, whatever kind of random drama is in town. But then also just the, the you know, people talking about local activities and yeah. stuff going on. And it's always great to have, mm -hmm. you know, that finger on the pulse. And so far that seems to be the best way to do it. Right. And how cool we have a town that has so many, like there are so many Ely enthusiasts, 25,000 people and growing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, congratulations. That's really great. Just had to close the loop on that, you know, circle back a little bit, but so it's been a year. One thing I was going to ask you and just like totally put you on the spot about, Oh no. what is something new that you love about Ely since last time we talked? 
uh, not last time we talked because I see you all the time. Yeah, Since the last point. time we recorded a conversation. Uh, all right. So being in your 30s, something new is hard to come by. You know, you, you get into a little bit of a, of a rut. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, but I, I honestly, there's just been some really great people who have come to town recently who have moved up here. You mentioned Hudson. Mm-hmm. Um, several great new friends who I've just become closer to and closer to over the summers. And I mean, obviously, you and I have been close for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like every year, our friendship and Eric and I's friendship and we just grow and grow every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you and I decorated your Christmas tree together this That's year. Right. And it was just a fine moment. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. So I, you know, the, the people here and the new people and the old people and the growing friendships, I think it's what I love about being here so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And I agree. And it and honestly, it reminds me, I've said this before on the show, but I think it really bears repeating. Um, there's research out there that says when you move to a new town, it can it on average takes three to five years to feel like that's like, like to really feel like sure. this is it. This is my home. And I'm, I know for a fact that happens in shorter amounts of time for some people and maybe for some people it takes longer, but that like that build that you're talking about, An like actual we, community. we were friends from the moment we met. Absolutely. But five years does a lot. It really does. Yeah, you learn a lot about people. And yes, some people join every club and start more clubs and become totally ingrained in the society of the population in about three to five years. Some people (laughs) have lived here for 12 years and are slowly building their way in. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with either one. There's nothing wrong with either one. I agree. agree. Because every, you know, every event not only needs people who help facilitate it, but it also needs people who simply attend. Sure. Yeah. And And I am known to possibly attend. Every once in a while. Most of the time. We love it when you do. That's the way I like it. I want to keep people guessing. Yeah. So when I show up, it's like, whoa, Whoa. Tim came. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of events that you do show up to. Wow. Okay. Ely Trivia Night. Oh, yeah. Sure. The blue team has sort of a, like what would you say, like an empire, a, a monopoly? Not exactly. I mean, I wouldn't call it that. You know, we're very humble. And you can tell because I say we're very humble about this. <laughs> um, you know, we're just there to have fun. And it just happens to be, I think we've lucked out with the questions for the most part. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I've got a really talented group of people behind me. Mm-hmm. It's not behind a one man show. <laughs> Did I say behind me? That's not, <laughs> that is not the way I meant to say that. Um, I didn't come up with the name. Wait, I did. No, it's not my team. I'm not the leader or anything like that. I'm going to get, I'm going to get slaughtered for this later on, but I'm fine with it. Uh, What is your team name? uh, We're the blue team. We put a lot of thought into it. Um, It's such an enjoyable evening. I love going for trivia, you know, um, you know, I've thought about studying for it, but my opinion is a lion doesn't limber up before it attacks a gazelle. You just get in there. <laughs> you, if you know the answers, that's great. And so my whole life is learning. Uh-huh. Why should I try to, you know, pinpoint one thing? Right. No, you just, you be you and <laughs> yeah. you just win wherever yeah. you go. Oh God, this is easily the most pompous I've ever been about anything. Yes. <laughs> um, that's but, not even true either. But part of... <laughs> Oh, I almost didn't even catch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, part of the fun about trivia is the smack talk. Agreed, uh, agreed. Yeah. And like you and I were totally like 
I will go with my team, which I mean, I have, you got your regulars, but there's, um, you know, sure. some months people can't come. So you bring in new people. There's kind of an evolution of who's on the team. And in my world, I noticed your team is very steady. Yeah. We've stuck with the same group for the most part. Yeah. But you and I are the kind of people, right? Like every team has one of those people who like in between questions or in between rounds, like we're up mixing and mingling. Like I abandon my team oh, for and sure. then I yes. go like chit chat with everyone. You know, you just got to make the round. That's my favorite thing to do. Shaking I mean, hands and kissing babies, you sit know? Sit there. I mean, I've already talked to these people for at least yeah, 20 minutes. I see you, know? you guys all the, yeah, all the time. time. Yeah, exactly. Come so, on. And I also like to just compare and contrast questions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I come come back to the table with good news and not always, though. Right. Yeah. But some, you can't trust everyone. Like Sunshine came up to us and was like, what'd you guys put for the second most valuable uh, spice in the world that's called the green gold? Oh. And we were like cardamom and he's like someone else told me it was vanilla you're like it's kind of yeah. a mind game i talked I, I should say this i talked one of my other teammates jordan out of that answer <gasps> and it wasn't just me but i was probably the loudest one and i went for coffee and i it was wrong it was wrong she was right yeah it takes a lot for me to say that <laughs> Proud of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that one actually came from the History Happy Hour program, oh, right? Oh, that's So what. there's now on the second Thursdays, sure. we have trivia up in the Lookout Lounge at the Boathouse. But on the third Wednesdays, there's History Happy Hour. And so that's a half hour long have, you know, in enough time, in the time it takes to drink a pint, you can learn something about Ely history. Sure. I went to the first one about the boathouse and it was fascinating. And now that you say this, I got the right answer in trivia because I went to that event. Right. And so oh. the, they have kind of an agreement, right? Someone from the trivia group is always going to attend history happy hour and they're always going to pick one fact from history happy hour to use as the basis of a question in the next trivia program. That's so great. I'm so glad. I mean, obviously if I needed another reason to go to history happy hour, yeah. this is it. Right. Yeah. And it, I, for me, it was a huge revelation. Like, Oh my gosh, a half hour event. Like, yeah. Brain explosion. Like all of the fun. And then I'm home by like five 35. <laughs> Okay. Are you really home by okay, 5.35? No, I spent another yeah. half hour chit-chatting with yeah, people. Exactly. How many people do you have to, you know, say hello to <laughs> and bounce into and yes. But no, I totally agree. It is nice to, I mean, it's great to have a social event that is not a four hour thing. Yeah. That you can just pop in and pop out. I mean, that's what happy hour used to be. And right. Why not cut it in half? I'm right. on board. Well, and yeah. And then you just like, Jess gives us all this like, useful, relevant, like local, interesting information. And then we can go around chatting about it. Like, did you know? I had no well, idea. She did such a great job with the boathouse one. I mean, I had worked there for, you know, four years, four or five years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't know any of that stuff. You so it was really kind of cool. There was a tradition of furniture shops becoming mortuary services <laughs> because they built caskets, which weren't culturally a relevant thing until after the Civil War? Yeah, for some reason that just kind of skipped over me. I didn't, that. I missed that day in school. Yeah. I missed a lot of days in school, <laughs> but that was one of them, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. What a cool town we live yeah, in. We're lucky. And guess what? Last time we had an episode, we were basically crying because there wasn't any snow. And now. Yeah, we've got a good pile of snow out there. It really did come in pretty well. Uh, it's still a little thin on some like portages and trails. Um, I had a sled come back today, a little beat up, but it's not so bad. Um, and to be honest with you, starting to see folks going out winter camping, ice fishing and all that stuff. It's so great. Um, it brings so many people to town and it brings them to town for, I mean, what we're known for. It brings them into town to go experience the wilderness, which I mean, that's really great. So 
Now we just need a little more for the snowmobilers and those ice sculptures. Yes. We need, I mean, we need more. We're not, we're not done with the snow, but at least we have, we're living in a winter wonderland. Yeah. At least we got the cold. Oh, we definitely (laughs) got the cold. Yeah. Yeah, Thank God. You know, I was really worried that that we weren't going to get freezing cold at least once. Hey, you mentioned the forest though. And have you heard, did you know that there is now a third Ely Tourism Bureau sponsored podcast? Uh, No, you're kidding. Did you know that our friend Brett Ross is the host of a podcast called Forest North? Brett, how do you find the time? I don't. <laughs> no, I mean, you don't look stressed I don't at all. sleep, I guess, is what I was going to say. <laughs> no, on the first episode aired, like, just about a week ago, and the first guest was the forest supervisor. Oh, that's awesome. Of Aaron. the Superior National Forest, Tom Hall. I go straight to the oh, top. Other, yeah. Yeah, Aaron's yeah, yeah. boss. That's amazing. Wow. You know, I got to, I, I, I feel bad about this. I should tell you, I saw the video, like the welcocoming and like the intro to it. And I was like, gosh, I'm going to listen to that. I haven't listened to it yet. Well, it's but only I'm been a week. It on it's list. only been six days. I'm going to put it on, on my your list. favorite podcast app. I will. Well, what you got to do, <laughs> you got to like subscribe or follow and then oh, it'll absolutely. just pop right up. Yep. But it, honestly, it was like really cool. That was like, I think it's must listen content for people who are new to the area, especially because I think wrapping your head around like the role that that agency plays in the day-to-day life of living on the edge of the wilderness. And just, I mean, the Superior National Forest employs 300 people and about 80 of them or something like that work in the Kawishwi district. Yeah. And many of them are friends, uh, people that I've known for years who I am lucky enough to see in the woods, but then at a local restaurant or bar and and be able to converse with. And they're, you know, they may not have grown up here or come from here, but they're locals. They, they, they made it their place, their home. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and then the, the next guest was, a um, the naturalist and interpreter, Steve Robertson. And he was um, hilarious. He was talking about like hibernation practices and all these different animals, just so much fascinating information. First of all, I mean, I got to say the fact that bears eat so much that they plug up their system and then their first defecation after hibernation is of a particular nature. (laughs) That was like, that's a fun fact. And also the, I wrote this word down because he referred to um, tree frogs hibernate and they like they let their temperature become whatever the ambient temperature is. He called them frogsicles. Really? Because they freeze. Oh, you know, I think I did know that. That's actually really fascinating. though. <laughs> I had a great time. Yeah. There you know, my, the- my favorite kernel of knowledge about uh, animals hibernating in the wintertime was turtles. Talking about turtles, how the what we have typically understood about them is that they burrow into the mud at the bottom of a lake and that's where they stay all winter long. No, they don't just stay there. They'll move during the winter and like congregate together with other turtles. So in the deep dark of winter where literally it's pitch black under the water, essentially with ice and snow on top, they somehow find other turtles and like, 
Like, let's all get together and just hang out. I know we're just down here at the bottom of a frozen lake, but let's chill out together. Oh, I mean, that sounds like, like snuggling. Yeah, it sounds like a lesson that we could learn from turtles. Turtle, oh. turtle yeah. snuggle. Maybe maybe some of us who are, you know, buried in the mud over here should find our way to some with, of the other so turtles. With, yeah, yeah, with impenetrable <laughs> shells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only sometimes, but, you know, just enough to where maybe we should yeah. Yeah, find another, find another, some more turtles around there to yeah. hang out with them. Oh, yeah. so many lessons learned. My last thing I'll say about that episode is that Steve is quoted as having referred to bats as having an adorable pugnacious attitude. <laughs> and that was an especially good moment as well, because right. I, you know, I'm a word nerd. And so I was like, that is an excellent use of the word pugnacious. And like, it is also the only, like, how do you, how do you make a bat adorable? And that's how. Yeah. Anyway, so I 10 out of 10 recommend listening I'll to put that it on podcast my list. and, you know, following it and making sure that you're kept apprised of when new episodes come along Absolutely. as of course you do with this podcast. As I do, I followed it and liked it and sh I've shared it. Yes. Mm -hmm. All those things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so circling back to winter recreation, have you recreated yet in the snow? Um, I've done some hiking, you know, up until now, who needs snowshoes? Yeah. Um, you know, but honestly, December was hard. It was hard to get outside. And and that's not to say that there wasn't some amazing things to do. I mean, if you follow What's Up Ely, you saw all those folks going out ice skating and ice fishing and all that stuff. And if there's, I mean, ice, that black ice skating is so amazing. And I think it's so cool for people to do it. I grew up in Minnesota. I just never learned to skate and I just am a little iffy about trying it, but maybe one of these days I'll give it a shot. But, um, you know, I haven't made it out as much as, you know, normally I would at this point, but mm -hmm. hopefully we get some more snow soon and mm -hmm. get out skiing in Valley and some other places soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't gone skiing yet either. So I'm really looking forward to skiing. I'm going to be doing a Bass Lake trail hike on Thursday. So there's, um, whenever, when new residents come to town, they're welcome to, they're invited if they would like to contact me through Boundary Waters Connect and I'll have like a one-on-one -on -one coffee date with them just to wow. get to know them and sort of plug them into things if they want that, right? Sure. Like I'm new and I'm, I've been here for six months and now I'm ready to do some social activity. Yeah. That's when they set up a coffee date. And so I was hanging out with this new resident, Annette, who's lived here for almost a year. And she said that, and she's like, I want to go for hikes and I, I want to do that with other new people. Sure. So she sort of is volunteering for Boundary Waters Connect and just make, she'll go to the Bass Lake Trailhead at 1.30 PM on the third Thursday of the month. Yeah. So just come. Just and anyone you're can on go. Board. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Anyone can go. Um, and so it's outside of the boundary waters, so you don't have like a person limit. You can have more right. than nine people. Right, exactly. And it's, I mean, it's a quintessential Ely activity. Oh, that's great. If oh, you, yeah, the falls like are if you're, if you're in Ely and you're, if you're a, whether you're a, someone who's visiting or a resident and you're not, if your full itinerary isn't 100% in the boundary waters, you have some time, Agreed. you got to go to the Bass Lake Trail. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we get folks coming into our store all the time saying, hey, what's a good afternoon hike to take? Yep. It's three quarters of a mile to the falls and it's doable for most groups. I mean, there's some up and down on it yep. and nothing's guaranteed, but yep. it's still a lot of fun and it's I, beautiful. Yeah. I always, I just refer to it as a like intermediate level. Yeah. You know, Quishwee Falls is like beginner level. Yeah. I mean, it's very... Relatively speaking, it's very user friendly. Sure, and with the boardwalks and everything else, yep. there's some pretty good elevation on Bass Lake. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit more work. 
are you, do you have the Ely Community Resource Winter Festival spaghetti dinner on your schedule yet? <laughs> no, but I will after yeah. today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did. I have gone the last couple of years. I mean, what a great opportunity to eat great spaghetti and yep. see literally everyone I know, which is also nice. Yeah. Literally everyone yep. in the Catholic Church yep. basement. Agreed. Don't are they you... do bingo, bingo coming up too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't have, have that they on done the event roundup. already. That's like a uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where they do bingo for ham. I missed bingo the... Bingo for ham. Bingo missed, for ham. That's I missed the yeah. ham bingo at Christmas time. <clears throat> Brett, are you involved with spaghetti dinner this time around? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, you're the yeah, sauce maker. Yeah, you got maker. all the time in I'm the world. I'm the maker of the sauce. <laughs> Yeah, three podcasts. He's got time. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you should make some more spaghetti sauce, bud. It's always funny, and I, I say this every year, people think, well, you must eat a ton of spaghetti, and I usually eat, you know, probably half a pound of spaghetti, but it's one noodle at a time yeah. because it's just sampling the noodles to see if they're done. Like, well, yeah, not quite yet. Yeah. I eat a lot of really chewy noodles, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's a blast. We have such a great crew with ECR that always volunteers. We get volunteers from the uh, Somers Canoe Base, Boy Scout volunteers. We get outward bounders that come in and help us clean up. And it's just a great community event and it's such a great fundraiser for ECR. So just a blast. And it's, it's my... My one annual commitment to ECR. It's why they keep me on the board <laughs> as the uh, spaghetti yeah, maker no. at large. What's your title at ECR? Oh, I'm the spaghetti maker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very important, obviously. I'm yeah. proud of that. Yeah, you yeah, should be. Absolutely, you should be. And we're so proud of you and grateful that you do it because, honestly, mm -hmm. I mean, a meal at the Catholic Church basement is... How do you beat it? You, you can't. You can't. Okay, here's one way that you maybe could beat it, but I don't even know yet. I got in. I've achieved greatness according to my own standards. I was invited to participate in the pasty making at the Methodist church. Oh, wow. Whoa. I, I mean, don't think there's like a barrier to entry. I think like yeah. anyone can say that they'll help. <laughs> I can honestly tell you that I've never been invited to, <laughs> to the pasty. <laughs> Nor have I. <laughs> no, so, I mean, yes, you are in rare air there. I I'm yeah. so excited. That's yeah. tomorrow morning. Wow. Pasty making. Cause it's like the Methodist church does a pasty sale, um, on some sort of regular basis but there's like a wait list. Wow. Like they have more demand than they have like capacity to make pasties. Sure. So I'm, that sounds like fun. I've made pasties before, but never in such a legitimate environment. Ooh. So we'll see. I mean, where do the pasties go? Are they like sold then or yep, yep. Okay. people like, it's just, I don't even know the networks, the channels of communication that make it happen, but there's some list that you got to get on. Once you're on the list, then you're notified and then you have the ability to place an order for a certain number of pasties and they're $8 each. Wow. This reminds me of an episode of 30 Rock. Have you ever watched that show? Oh, yeah. The Sandwiches. Do you remember that episode <laughs> where the Teamsters give them sandwiches and it's like they get them once a year? <laughs> and this just, just reminds me of that. This is a very Northwoods version of the Teamsters sandwiches from 30 Rock. We could probably cut that part out. No, we'll leave it. <laughs> what we need to add is a, some sort of actual understanding of how the pasty distribution and sign up works. But I'll have to do that homework and get back to you. You people. please let us know. Yes. Yeah, I'll let you know. All right. Well, let's see. We've, we can talk more about the winter festival when we do that part of the event roundup. Sure. Should we do the event roundup? Do we talk about winter festival? Well, let's round up. 
Let's do the roundup. We can yeah. talk about Winter Festival and everything else that's going on. Do the roundup. I like Brett's accent there. Yeah. You have to talk like that for the rest of the night. <laughs> you don't think I can? Yeah, I actually do. You know I can't. So I take a lot of orders from folks, you know, calling up for ordering stuff from Boundary Orders Catalog and stuff like that. And oftentimes I'll start speaking like myself. And if they have a really thick accent, by the end of the conversation, I am hard Kentucky. (laughs) Like, I'll go deep talking to them like that. Like, I just mimic it. And for some reason, like, their mood changes. Like, they go from (laughs) this northerner to like, oh, shucks, man, we really like this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's relatable. It's nice to know I'm not the only one. You're not the only one. I got yelled at by my partner when I was in Ireland. Stop mimicking their voice. I'm like, I can't help it. <laughs> did you did you come back with an accent when you oh, did I totally did. I oh, had an accent awesome. within five minutes of that's being so in Dublin great. Airport. I think I would too. I, I honestly I know I it's would. Hard yeah. Too. yeah. <laughs> oh you know I want to talk it's about amazing this all that you can just roll right back into it. Oh, oh that's so impressive easy. stuff. Okay. All right. Yeah. I want to have an episode where Brett just talks in an Irish accent. I mean what just, are we it's doing? In here? Me, it's in me blood. <laughs> you know, mine too. Not mine, you guys. I can't do this. I've already told this story on the podcast, I'm sure. But in college, I had a radio show and my friend Mary and I would try to do episodes in a British accent. And my dad asked me to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Dwayne asked you to stop. Stop embarrassing yourself. Stop. So it's he not was working. listening to your college radio station. <laughs> he was one of like dinner, two people. Had you over for dinner later that week and he's like, you know, Lacey, it's not working. It's not <laughs> you working. need to stop doing uh, that. Yeah, we only we would have like five listeners. It'd be like my parents and Mary's parents and Mary's grandma. Nice. I mean, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's what community or college radio should be about. I went to school for radio broadcasting too. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> so now I've been cool. on two podcasts. So really making that degree go to work. <laughs> Can't wait to make it three. Oh, Timmy B. We love it when you're here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before we get on to the actual event roundup, there's some food related announcements <gasps> of urgent mm, importance. I perked right up. Yep. First of all, Mitzka's market is expanding. They're continuing to expand what they offer in their grab and go section. For example, this week they posted on Facebook that they have seasoned chicken thighs, cheesy Parmesan rice and vegetable medley dinner in the grab and go section. You're kidding. Bring it home and heat it up. I mean, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Or bring it to the office and heat it up because I've. Oh yeah. Simple lunch. I mean, that's so nice. Yeah. No. Um, equally exciting, the Tower Cafe reopened this weekend. Yes, I've heard much about that, actually. Yeah. Yes, there is much ado about mm-hmm. the Tower Cafe reopening. Um, so far, it's just open on Saturdays and Sundays for breakfast, which is 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. It is a family-run business owned by um, two individuals who still have like full-time jobs sure. during the week. So, um, But... I'm really looking forward to checking it out. And we put the link to their Facebook page in the show notes because that's where they'll announce it if and when they expand their hours. Yeah. I'm so excited for another place to get breakfast. I mean, even though it's 20 minutes away, I'm totally on board. Oh, totally yeah. worth the drive for not that, breakfast. Yeah. Not that I don't love the places you can get breakfast in town here, but mm-hmm. they can be spotty sometimes this time of year, especially. So right. having something I can count on on a Saturday, Sunday. Variety. Yeah, exactly. It's the spice of life. Spice of life. <laughs> you took that right out of my Ooh. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> What else is happening, guys? We mentioned History Happy Hour. That is happening uh, this Wednesday. January, if 
if you're listening to this podcast in time, January 17th, yeah. <laughs> History Happy Hour, 5 p.m. at the Lookout Lounge in the Boathouse Brew Pub. That's upstairs at the Boathouse, and that's on the third Wednesday of the month. If you're looking for an activity to do with the kids, you can consider attending Family Game Night at 5 p.m. at the Ely Folk School. Oh. That's also on Wednesday the 17th. That sounds great. Is it going to be Monopoly? Because I always was terrible competitive at Monopoly. Terribly competitive at Monopoly. much tables. Many tables have been flipped around Tim Barton. Wow. We'll tell you this, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, one of the one of the really cool aspects of this, and I don't know if it's being done every night, but John Cop, uh, who's involved with all kinds of things at the Ely Folk School, has created his own cooperative storytelling board game. Wow. He created the board. He created, he's made up the rules. And the idea is you create a story to go along with your journey through this game. And I've watched many kids play the game. Oh, that's so great. They have a blast. Yeah, it's I bet. So great. That's really cool. That sounds like a fun evening. Yeah. yeah. And it's like guided by, I mean, John's career and he's retired now, but he had a really varied, like dynamic um, career in like psychology and he worked with um, people of all ages who were exhibiting challenging behaviors and sure. that has like a whole world of definitions from like a psychological standpoint but I guess my point in bringing it up is that John is like a, a retired person with decades of professional experience helping people like connect cool and he is like choosing in retirement to use that skill to like strategically find ways to help like adults connect with the children in of their course. lives I mean, in a that's way that's so like great. fun. And he's a writer and he's really passionate about storytelling. So he's merging all of these things through this like opportunity at the folk school. And I think it's honestly super awesome. Oh, that's so great. Yes. Well, if you guys, unless you've been living under a rock, you have under you have learned yes. that Ely has been christened Arendelle this week. Frozen the Musical will be performed in Ely starting Friday, January 19th, Saturday, January 20th, and Sunday, January 21st. And I can say that these, these kids and all the people who are involved in this have been working so hard on it, and I, I'm sure they're so excited for people to come out and see it done. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to see it. Have you like, gotten tickets? I did. Actually, I got my ticket today. Smart. I yeah. was going to say, I doubt they'll stay that long. Right. Oh, I was really impressed actually. Like going to, I'm buying tickets for the Sunday afternoon show because it's the only one I'm able to attend. And like, yeah, there are not that many seats yeah. left. And like, we got to see, you know, the pictures of the stage and yeah. the set design and the graph, like it's just the technology they brought in. And they said, right. They had friends from Indiana bring in a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it was on the technology. front page of the Echo. I mean, that's so great. And I mean, for these kids who are involved in it, who have been been involved with her for a year or more. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's so exciting. I mean, I'd be nervous. I'd be super nervous, but they must be so excited. And I know they're doing a matinee on Friday too, right? Or is it just, just one matinee or I think? Well, they said it's five shows, I think. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, two folks. shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Yeah. Okay. It is two shows Saturday. Matinee on Saturday. Yep. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and $6 tickets. I mean, how do you beat that? Right. And we were just talking to Todd Kriego earlier about the $5 movie tickets. Oh yeah. And then the $6 tickets for this, like, yeah. ooh, So great. And if you haven't already, check out the previous episode of this podcast. Oh, you guys talked about it at length? Talk with uh, Mike <laughs> and Billy Rouse at length about the whole genesis. Oh, you mean like, of like actual movie. people who know about actual it? Actual people who just... know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. just Tim who's guessing and checking a little bit <laughs> based off of good. what he saw on What's Up Ely. Yeah, yeah. You did pretty no, well. You're yeah. very well informed. You pulled it off. Yeah. 
what else we got? Oh, on Tuesday, January 23rd, then you can take a Scandinavian ice candle lantern making class at the Ely Folk School from 3 to 5 p.m. So that's creating ice lights with natural decorations. And some of the creations will be used to brighten the street side of the Ely Folk School during the winter festival. Of course, assuming the temperatures accommodate such a thing, which is looking good. Um, <laughs> warning, you may be exposed to a few Swedish words if you join this class. <laughs> they should definitely put a sign up for yeah. that. You should warn everyone. Everybody's going to walk out of the door. <laughs> What's that from? Oh, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> that is, uh, this class is recommended for people over age 12 and preferably uh, young people in attendance will be accompanied by an adult. Pre-registration is required and we put the link in the show notes. And it's another class being taught by Lynn Ann Vesper, whose talents we've been um, celebrating a lot lately on the podcast. So I won't reiterate, reiterate those at this time, but go to the website if you want more information. And Lynn Ann, you're amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'll get into Lynn Ann just a little bit. I've worked with Lynn Ann for about eight years. <laughs> Such a phenomenal talent. And she, I mean, literally knows a little bit about everything and a lot about most things. So yeah, such a pleasure to work with her over the years. She brought in some of her homemade ice candles a couple of weeks ago oh, I bet that was for great. her Swedish dance sure. class that she taught. And they were so cool. She had ones that were done in like little like food containers. Wow. And one of them, she had frozen a bottom layer to start that had cranberries in it. Wow. So there's like a frozen, because you can't do it all yeah. at once, because otherwise the cranberries just float right to the top. Mm. So she wanted cranberries at the bottom. So she did a bottom layer with just cranberries at the bottom. She did ones with like cedar and balsam boughs in yeah. them and super cool stuff. That is cool. Yeah. That just sounds like a fun activity. It is. Like, yeah, don't think, worry about it being a class. Like, just go and, like, do that. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been um, tapped to make those luminaries yeah. um, over the, for the Winterfest because it's become so big over the last few years. You need as much light as you can get out there, and it's yeah. kind of a nice thing to have. So. And it's great, you know, if you're listening uh, this week, the week of the uh, 15th of January, the temperatures are ideal uh, if you want to make an ice lantern. So get a, an ice cream bucket or even a balloon. If you just fill a water balloon with water and set it outside, you're going to get this really cool and making of an ice lantern. Just, it's also just a cool thing to put on the porch. True. It doesn't have to be at the Winterfest, you know? I can put one on my stoop. You sure could. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the stoop. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got going on? Uh, polka party. <gasps> Saturday, January 27th, attend a polka party at the Ely Senior Center. It starts at noon, January 27th. They'll have a lunch of beer, cheese, soup, Polish, and a dessert. If you're having a polka party without beer, cheese, soup, and Polish, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, that lunch will be served with an afternoon of live polka music for only $15. Wow. I, $15. Ooh. That can't be right. I, there's a typo dollars, here, right? You get $15 worth of polka in the first five minutes. You're kidding. No I lie. am. I, this one, this one is definitely like on my calendar. It should be. Like this sounds charming as heck and fun. And there's a lot of polka music heritage in my family. So uh, I have to go. Polka music at the folk school was also one of the questions at trivia last week. Ah. Uh, yep. And I felt a little bit like, you know, I had the director of the polka school, of the folk school right behind me, you know, and like I felt like some of the questions were geared directly towards them or her, you know, like, what are we doing here? Tim, you won first place. You don't need to complain about corruption that isn't real we and isn't there. We actually got that one right also. So now that yeah. I say it, it's not that big of a deal. I will tell you, though, 
I believe even Lucy was a bit thrown on yeah. some of the. She said she has too many events. Questions. She can't keep too track of them. Yeah, yeah. So works out well for me, I guess. They put a lot of helpful layers into those questions. They do. Yes. You know, there was a whole section with Game of Thrones last names, and every question was framed in such a way that you wouldn't have to know, and you would have never needed to have seen Game of Thrones That's to true. be able to answer the questions. Yep. They do a good job of. Oh, they do a so fantastic job. Yes, it was a lot of fun. So it's always a lot of fun. Sass them. I like sassing stuff. You yeah, know, you're a very sassy person. Yes. So on Saturday night, after you attend the polka party, you can then pivot to a first in a series of Northern Lakes concerts hosted by Northern Lakes Arts Association. And this one will feature Zach Baltich and Alec Osthoff. So that will be at the Northern or the Vermilion Fine Arts Theater, excuse me, at 7 p.m. And there are, um, you know, it's the kind of thing where tickets are required. So sure. you go to the Northern Lakes Arts Association um, website to buy your tickets and attend that event. And listeners, if you've been following along, you know that I think that Zach Baltich is the coolest person ever. <laughs> I think I saw them play once down at the North House Folk School down in oh, once. Yes. And recently in the last, you know, this year and last year, they performed in Society Hall. Oh, yeah. I did know that. Yes. So that was just like a very mesmerizing musical. Oh, as much opportunities as we can get to go out and see live music, I'm totally on board. I remember watching those guys play at a high school talent show. I don't know how long ago it was back when they were in high, school, in high school over a decade ago Cool, and being really impressed at their musician then and then seeing them now totally blown away. That's super so cool. talented. Yeah. Very, very much worth that's great to see that for that. We're very lucky. I mean, there's a lot wow. of really talented people, musicians and otherwise up in this area. It's no so way. nice to have ac access to that kind of thing. Yeah, girl. Uh, speaking of winter festival now in the, you know, order of operations, we're coming into February and is it the best time of year Neely? Yeah, I think it is honestly. Cause it's like, I don't know. I love winter. Yeah, me too. And it brings up really hardy folks, mm -hmm. people who are just in it for what we have mm -hmm. to offer up here in the winter and cold be darned. You know what cold I mean? Cold be darned. darned. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, self-editing. Well yeah. done. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I was hoping to use the bleep. You haven't yet. We haven't actually, had yeah. to bleep yet, yeah. except for the one time Brett bleeped a secret location information. I mean, that only makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't tell people that's your favorite spot. <laughs> it's my favorite spot. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read a message from the Winter Festival organizers. They posted this on Facebook um, yesterday. We got snow. Woot, woot. Woot, woot. It changes. It sure changes everyone's mood when we see white everywhere, as attested to by the fact that I brought that up earlier. Um, <laughs> people are already skiing at Hidden Valley and out at the lakes. And the Ely Winter Festival board and staff are working very hard to bring a full snow sculpting symposium to Ely. Um, they actually have some snow on. Or we have snow on the ground. Finally, um, it's not enough, but oh. Right. It's not, I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time reading this. Wow. This is hard. You guys, I make you do this and you do it. Um, they could still get more snow to fill in the blocks. And so they're working with a person who can make snow to bring it to the park. And they're actually looking, um, asking us to keep our eyes out for a fundraiser to help support that effort because of the unique year we've had where we got 
so little snow and the snow we've had has come so late. Um, they're doing, they're like pulling out all the stops to make the yeah. snow sculpture symposium happen. And we are so grateful to them for that. So when you see word of that fundraiser, please do engage if you are able. That's such and, a big draw. It's so great. If we can have as many uh, snow sculptures as we can get, you know, right. And the, those ones that we used to have for the kids and that kind of stuff, I hope that we get some snow so we can make all that work. Right. Like the amateur blocks yeah. and the, and yeah. there's like visiting people. I guess the point is, and I'm going to ditch trying to read this thing sorry i make you guys do this all the time um is that they're like we've we've not given up right like why would we the show must go yeah. on winter's here winter is it's here not just gonna be cold right luckily and, we've got frozen in ely this year, oh, that's so right. we have that ability to make snow yeah. right on here elsa's got to get on that is that is that the story yeah. she yeah. can create Elsa's snow the one who can so. make all snow right. yeah, sure. yeah, that's what i was going for have you not seen frozen i think maybe once i don't have kids you know so that doesn't stop me from watching it like 10 times i watched wally a lot but i don't know for some reason frozen didn't really break in depressing animated movie what are you talking about they they get come back and there's that Peter Gabriel song at the end. It's awesome. <laughs> did you spoil Wally for me? Yes, <laughs> yes I did. Yeah, I will too. It's like 15 years, Brad. I don't know what to tell you. I'm yeah. a little behind. Yeah. 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 Okay. But even if, okay, let's say regardless, I mean, the show must go on. The snow must go on. Yeah. That's right. Um, all right. We'll move on with that. Let's move on to the annual spaghetti feed. Let's just reiterate what we know about the date and time. Cause we've already talked it up so much. Of course. Um, Social event of the season. Mm-hmm. Dress up. Black tie, right? Well, I won't <laughs> turn away anybody with a black tie. I will give you extra napkins, though. I think it's a dress up event in that you have to be prepared to go to the kickoff event after you eat. So you got to be dressed up so that you can smart. go to the park for the kickoff. It is notoriously one of the coldest days of the year. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy it's, cold. And then the next day was like 30 degrees right. last year. So wild, that swing. So strange. But uh, I work at Prague's Northwoods, and we had a large warming tent mm-hmm. for folks oh, to yeah. come in and warm up after the facts, which we will plan on doing again this year so you know even if it's a super cold night we'll have that fire going and it'll stay nice and warm in there oh thank you for doing that happy to do it okay so the annual ely community resource spaghetti feed dinner starts at 4 p.m and it goes until 7 um there will be uh eat spaghetti with meat or a meatless sauce garlic bread salad and a cookie for dessert hot beverages are also available um if you get your ticket in advance you can save a dollar Otherwise, tickets at the door are $12 for adults and $8 for children 5 to 12 and kids 4 and under eat free. Wow. And that's at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in the basement. So nice. Let me cook you dinner. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. How sweet. And then go make more podcasts. Yeah. You don't have time for dinner I'll be all podcasting the time. while I'm making, making spaghetti. Yeah, that only That's makes actually sense. a great idea. Yeah. Um, bonus points, though. If you go to the spaghetti dinner, go early enough that you can make it to the Winter Festival kickoff event in Whiteside Park, which is at 6 p.m. Because guess what? Dun, dun, dun. I get to be the grand marshal of the like miniature parade that happens at the Wait, kickoff event. Wait, am I reading this right? Yeah. Are you going to put the the thing on and ride like a, through it? Yeah, I get to like wear a crown wow. and there's something that happens. There'll be like flames around you and yeah, stuff? Yeah, there's like, I'll be like going under like a tower made of skis by the <laughs> Illy Nordic ski team. It is 
an affair. You it's, are wow. It's pretty magical. Fascinating. The That's one and really only great. Winter Queen. Yeah, oh. right here Square. in my wow. Yes, in our midst. except for one and only would be a misnomer because literally <laughs> it was several. Cindy Smica last year. Or 2024. Yes, yeah. in 2024. Yeah. Yes, but uh, what an honor. So, like I said, bonus points so if sad. you eat your spaghetti soon enough that you can make it to the park by six o'clock. I'll give you a to-go box and you can take it there. <laughs> I yeah, want it's well, a gold box anyway. Yeah. You got it. I got it. <laughs> and then that that's not even the end of the night because after that there's a big time jazz orchestra event at the Vermilion Fine Arts Theater. Wow. Nope, 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 nope. Wrong. Ely's Washington Auditorium. Okay, all right. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, we talked about that on, on the most recent episode of the podcast as well, but it's a 19-piece ensemble that consists of the finest big band jazz musicians in the Northland. It was established in 1990, and it's a nonprofit that supports community through jazz performance and education. And so that's a Northern Lakes Arts Association event in collaboration with the Ely Winter Festival. Cool. And I'm super looking forward to that. Well, it's so nice to just have an opportunity to go see, I mean, not just, you know, to go to, um, open mic night and see people playing kind of contemporary music or rock music and all that kind of stuff, but then to go see classical music played or jazz music played. I mean, we're just so lucky to have access to all that kind of music. It's so great. We are so lucky. And yeah, the different genres of music. I mean, I feel like I don't know anything about jazz. I definitely don't know anything about orchestral music, but that's when I get like sucked in, you know, when I don't know and you're just like feeling it. Kind of carries you away. Yes. Yes. Um, So before we move on to the next event, I just want to say folks, like the Ely Winter Festival calendar is fully stacked with like truly dozens of things to do. And so we're not going to be able to give an exhaustive list, but just want to make sure people are aware and you should go to elywinterfestival.com to check out the full list. And if you haven't booked your lodging yet, like come to town. Yeah. Now's the time to do that. 10 out of 10 worth it. We want to see you. Or if you're regionally like make the drive, make the drive. Yeah. I mean, we're four hours from the cities. We're two hours from Duluth. What's down there that's so great? Right. I Just have, come see us. Yeah. Like I have made impulsive two hour drives to do fun stuff. Yeah. I have driven two hours to get to dinner. Yeah, of course. I mean, a good yeah. dinner makes it worth it. Right. Or like what, an, like what else are we going to do? You know, if you're hanging out with someone you don't see all that often, sure. spend two hours in the car chit-chatting Agreed. while you make your way to the quaintest, cutest small town church basement spaghetti feed dinner that supports the kids that you ever heard of in your whole life. I love that. And then go to the festival kickoff. There's I love that. So much happening during the Ely Winter Festival. The uh, Ely Folk School, that entire weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, will have uh, a taste of blacksmithing. You can take a two-hour uh, introduction to blacksmithing. And a very popular class, back by popular demand on Sunday, February 4th, make a beaver hat at the Ely Folk School. Uh, The class is scheduled from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pre-registration is required. Uh, There's a link in the show notes. As as we know, here in Ely, nobody does winter better, and part of the reason for that is we know there's no bad weather, only bad clothing. Mm -hmm. And the beaver hats are just the answer for those deep wind chills, which uh, Bert and Mark the uh, instructors can attest to learn how to make a hat with a fur gauntlet, uh, learn how to measure, cut, and sew pattern pieces from beaver hide. You'll receive instructions for adding the liner uh, where needed. At home, using glue and hand stitching, students should bring the material of their choice for the liner. 
It, again, is one of the Ely Folk School's most popular classes. Instructors are Bert Hyde and Mark Olson. They're both skilled woodsmen who have experienced a lot of cold weather, undaunted. They're longtime friends, do-it-yourselfers, and Ely Folk School instructors and supporters who get a kick out of showing people how to do cool things. And you can do something super cool. Make your own hat out of a beaver hide. I mean, that sounds uh, really like a really cool class. I would enjoy every minute of that. I gotta be honest with you. I don't know that like I feel like I need a beaver hide hat, but I do think that I would just pay the money just to hang out with Bert and Mark. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. You know what I mean? Like, okay, they're two of the coolest dudes in town. Agreed. Bert the Woodsman. Have you seen his business card? I can honestly say, I don't know if I've met either of them. <laughs> so you'll have to introduce me the next time. Yeah, or you should take this class. Oh, gosh. I'm, yeah, I could certainly yeah. try. <laughs> I'll yeah. introduce you. Yeah, no, they're both, I mean, truly, like, fascinating characters, yeah. wonderful people, and just, like, hardcore DIY woodsmen, and they have so much to teach, and we all have so much to learn. So. Oh, that's so great. On uh, Wednesday of that week, there's it's the Dorothy Moulter Museum's annual plaid tie dinner, (laughs) celebrating 31 years of mission-driven Northwoods education through the lens of Dorothy's life. So you're definitely not going to want to miss it. It's their annual fundraiser. Um, Raffles, online silent auction, door prizes, canoe raffle, dinner, and uh, program. So plus just the fun of being there together with, with your neighbors and celebrating Dorothy Moulter. So... That's at the Grand Ely Lodge in town, of course, and plaid clothing is encouraged. Indeed, there's a prize for the best plaid and a prize for the most creative plaid. Ooh, that sounds like a fun game. Yeah. It does. And I love when events include fashion. Of course. Yes. Plaid especially. I mean, come on. So that is another pre-registration event. So um, we'll have, I've got a link to that in the show notes, and then you can find the details through the Ely Winter Festival website as well. Uh, Thursday, February 8th, the Ely Chamber of Commerce is planning its annual job fair at the Ely Senior Center on Thursday, February 8th. That's when we're the Chamber of Commerce is planning its <laughs> annual job fair at the Ely Senior Center. Did you want to say that? No, this was great. <laughs> All right, because I just felt like, you know what? I haven't said any of these in a while, so I should try. You did such a good job. Thank you. That and broadcasting school is paying yeah, off because really you said it, in, yeah. and then you circle you back around back to it. Yeah, say it yeah, again. Yeah. You got to say it one more time. Well, we want people to know, and we need them not to miss this one, because if you have been following along and you're like, dang, Ely sounds like such a cool place. I wish I could live there. You can. Sure. You can. You can. There's a lot of hype about housing being, having limited availability of housing, and that's real. And I don't want to discredit the hardship that that creates. Um, but I also know that there is movement, right? That's right. I know of new people who have navigated that and been able to find places. And there's, you know, there's, there's movement. It is not a hopeless situation. We do have housing. We do have, um, if, especially if you're persistent and if what you're missing is a job. Sure. This is the way to find it. Probably going to want to come to the job. Fair. There are it's jobs to be had. There are jobs to be had. Uh, yes. If not, you can have one of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many podcasts are you doing? Yeah, too many. No, the podcasts are great. It's just the other five jobs that are a little much. Yeah, that spaghetti thing must be really trying for you there. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, you got to eat half a pound of spaghetti. It's a real rough night for I you there. 364 but... days off after that. <laughs> Of not eating pasta. <laughs> hey, do you guys ever listen to TED Talks? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or watch TED videos. Yeah, I used to do more of them. Why don't I do more of them now? Well, you have an opportunity to reignite your interest in TEDx programming. Because there's going to be, we have our own TEDx event happening on the Iron Range. Wow. So this is looking way ahead. Um, February 23rd is when that's going to happen at the Iron Trails Motor Center in Virginia. But I... I just honestly love TED Talks so much. I'm I'm pre-devastated because Squire Family is having Squire Family Christmas that weekend and literally nothing else would stop me from going to this event. No, that makes sense though. I mean, most people have their Christmas in the middle of February. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, Squire Family and almost everyone else, right? I'm sure everyone can relate with this. You know, we do what we do. Yeah. And sorry about it. That's fine. You know what else is cool at Squire Family Christmas this year? My sister innovated this. Instead of getting each other gifts, we're buying ourselves anything we want. And we have to give a five minute presentation about what we bought and why. Whoa. I like that. I mean, are we talking like, what's, um, ah, like Microsoft Word presentations, clip art, or what are we talking about here? <laughs> I think there's, I, she said there has to be visuals. So I'm oh, okay. hoping, I'm hoping we can get everyone to speed on Google slides or something. Will you do one of those like boards that they had at, like uh, a trifle at, yeah, board, yeah, like, like trifle a science boards. fair yes. Science fairs, yes. Yeah, I'll see what do I can do. one of those. Go old school with it. Sure. You know? Diorama yeah. that stuff. That's like right. That idea. Oh, a diorama would be awesome. Okay, we were supposed to be talking about this TEDx event, but I did start this by talking about my own personal life and my Squire family Christmas, which is in February and I feel no need to defend it. Um, yeah, that's just how it happened, you guys. Yeah. But yes, it's called TEDx Silver Lake. Um, independently organized TED event, um, technology education design is what TED stands for. And so that will be an incredibly an incredible opportunity to connect with like-minded individuals, expand your horizon and be a part of a global movement. Love it. That's so great. I'll be, I'll be really interested to see what their topics are. Yes. Well, and the, the theme, there's a theme to it and it's about um, crossing the divide, but they didn't give any elaboration. That's just it. Right. Just crossing the divide. Like uh, you could, there was a deadline that has passed to say that you wanted to be a speaker and you just had to say, you know, how would, how would your presentation be about that? Or what is, how is your area of expertise related to that notion? Do you think however? crossing the continental divide because <gasps> i've be. done that a bunch Ooh, like, we all do, do it every time we come from the yeah. cities yeah yeah no I, i'd be really good at that part you should i hope this becomes an annual thing and then i'm totally gonna submit my name to give you a TED talk it's on my bucket list nice okay now looking way way ahead the Blueberry Arts Festival. Oh, no. We're talking about that already. Talking, we better start talking about <laughs> it now. We're not talking about it now. We're not ready. <laughs> That's my busiest time of year. It so, is the yeah, busiest time of year in Ely for sure. The uh, annual Blueberry Art Festival is coming up July 26th through the 28th, 2024. It's the area's largest art, crafter, and maker festival featuring over 250 booths, plus a food court, beer garden. Attendance is over 40,000 people. Wow. Wow. If you're interested in attending, make your lodging plans now. Uh, Lodging fills quickly for that event. It is the premier event here in Ely. Uh, Area motels, hotels, resorts, and vacation home rental options are available at ely.org slash lodging. Make your plans now for the Blueberry Art Festival. It might seem early as we uh, look out at 30 below wind chills in the morning. (laughs) It'll be here before we know it. Yeah, honestly. Well, and like the deadline for vendors to apply to participate and for Experience Ely Expo, like nonprofit, 
you know, tables to be represented at the festival, that deadline is coming up like mid February. Yeah. So it, it seems early, but it's just relevant. If you're a local person listening and you want to engage like with a booth, you should know about it now so you can apply. And if you're someone who's interested in coming to town and you've heard a lot about blueberry, cause we talk about it a lot and we featured it in multiple episodes and it's peak Ely. I mean, yeah, very blueberry much so. picking, right? Yeah. So Start thinking about that now and do book your lodging. Well, and not to, you know, just to piggyback on that a little bit, if you are planning a canoe trip in that window and you plan on staying in town the day before your trip or the night after, get a hotel room. Book it now. now. Now's the time. Do not delay. Yeah. You don't, I mean, if you're planning your canoe trip now, which you should be permitted January 31st, 9 a.m., uh, <laughs> call your local outfitter. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, if you're, if you're planning a trip now, now's the time to get lodging on the books because you don't want to be up here looking for a place to stay that night thinking you're going to walk into, you know, the Adventure Inn or the Canoe On Inn or the Comfort Plus or several other Motel Ely and what other hotels? Grand All Ely the hotels. Lodge. Yeah, the Grand Ely Lodge. Stay in Ely, yeah, Jasper Company Resort. Jasper Company. And I mean, yep, come on. I'm sure there's some that I'm missing, but you don't want to miss out on your chance to find a place to stay. You really don't. So mm-hmm. it's time to think ahead. And why not? I mean, like do a little bit of like dreaming about how summer, how great summer is going to be and then go back to like being so excited about the sparkly yeah, snow. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> we had uh, a waffle breakfast yesterday morning with blueberry pie filling topping on the waffles from wild blueberries from this past summer. You know, so, I didn't oh see gosh. that on the events roundup list, Brad. Uh, and I wasn't invited. Oh, was in this, okay. So this was just it a Brad centric yeah, event. Or, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. basically <laughs> me and a jar of blueberry pie filling <laughs> and like 10 waffles. Oh my gosh. That I have no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Just diabetes. Yeah. Okay. Hey man, life's short. That's right. Live it right. Eat the dessert. Oh, <laughs> especially when they're Northwoods blueberries. Oh, I so mean, good. Honestly, whatever about that was in any way quote-unquote unhealthy for you definitely is made up for the fact that blueberries are like nature's most potent superfood so I'm, i think you actually gained years to yeah, your life sure. i mean I'm you always, look great I'm always, well thank you thanks yeah. for noticing uh, <laughs> i've been I'm, eating a lot of blueberries yeah. <laughs> so many blueberries i'm always <laughs> proud of myself if i can hit mid-january and still have last summer's blueberries i mean that is pretty great and this year was especially good it didn't oh, look like it would be a good year because we had that drought early on but then eventually we got just enough rain at just the right time oh it the ended late up season being, blueberries yeah, were it ended amazing. up being a great season for blueberries yeah Oh, I really miss the boat. Mm-hmm. There's always next summer. Yep. Ugh. Well, what a pleasure, oh, Timmy yeah. B. My pleasure. This was really a joy. I enjoyed being here. Always good to have you. Yeah. Thank you. Brett, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank and you. A, and like, congratulations on the pilot episode, the premiere episode of Forest North. I think I think that's a phenomenal endeavor, and I'm really looking forward to keeping track of new content. It's exciting. Uh, the next episode, episode two, will drop on January 23rd. And of course, we'll be getting in-depth on Go Live Day for Boundary Waters Canary Wilderness Permits Oof. for 2024. Ooh, juicy. Wait, is that coming up? The big day approaches. <laughs> Are, you better be ready, my friend. <laughs> I have to check my calendar. I'm a busy guy, you know, I got stuff going on. It's hard to keep up with all that stuff. (laughs) I hear you, brother. (laughs) Wow. Okay, you two clowns. Thank you for your time and your participation. Thank you to Todd Kriego, who was our first guest on the podcast. And thank you, of course, to the Tourism Bureau for sponsoring all this good stuff. So much good stuff. See you next time. 